Hey, what's going on there, podcast community? Matthew Johnson back with another episode of Dementia in Black and White. I want to thank you for tuning in as you have a lot of options out there. I appreciate you choosing this one to give some of your time to. And so this week, we're going to talk about caregivers in a big way, as November was National Caregivers Family Month. So let's talk about that in a lot more detail in this week's episode of Dementia in Black and White. So this was something that was new to me. I did not know that November is National Family Caregivers Month. And I have to say, for me, that says a lot because I happen to keep up with a lot of the different months. You know, I think some people probably feel like it's too much. Every month is something, you know, left handed awareness month or one eye looking back awareness week or whatever. You know, everything has a week or a month. And so, you know, those are things I just happen to keep up with. But I have to admit, I didn't know about this one. It was uh, new to me and you know oddly enough in part because I haven't really been a part of this community very long I've just been a caregiver a care partner for my mother for you know full time a year and a half certainly you know many years before that I guess I didn't see myself as a care partner as much years ago um because my mother was still, you know, still pretty independent and still doing things for herself, which is really, I guess, uh, personifies that term care partner, because as she becomes less independent and more dependent on me, you know, then I can see this whole caregiver term. But prior to that, really, and even still today, I am a care partner for her because she helps with her own care. And it's easier for me to see that now looking back because she was doing, you know, 90 percent or 80 percent of her own care. And I was just helping her out. So I was certainly a partner, a partner with not much responsibility, actually. And now that responsibility has shifted drastically. Maybe it's 80, 20 my way now. But in either case, the term care partner, I can see why folks will want to use that more um, to accurately display or accurately call out what is happening in the relationship of caregiving. It's not just one way. So I'll use the term interchangeably. And of course, the month as it is referred to is National Family Caregivers Month, and it is November. So because of that, I want to spend the next few podcasts really focused on the caregiver. There's certainly a lot of information out there, a lot of research, a lot of scientific studies that are being done on better understanding dementia, better understanding Alzheimer's, uh, coming up with drugs to treat Alzheimer's. And there's millions of dollars of research and foundations that are set up for that. But really, the impact on the care partner is probably greater just in terms of how many people that it might take to provide the care for someone 
who has dementia or Alzheimer's and the network that gets impacted. So if you have, you know, that sandwich generation person, for example, who is caring for their parent, they also maybe still have young children that they're caring for. Those young children are negatively impacted probably by the time that's taken from raising the kids to care for the parent. So you can start to see the impact starts to spread out when it comes to the caregiver. So the care partner, so the impact might be greater. And so I think, you know, perhaps even I in doing the podcast called dementia in black and white, instead of spending as much time as I do focusing on dementia, what it means, what are the stages of Alzheimer's and those things, which are very important, by the way, and helpful to understand if you're a care partner. But I often, not often, I always end the podcast talking about how important it is for the caregiver to take care of themselves. And this, you know, November being national caregiver or family caregivers month just provides a great opportunity. I know we're in December now, but because I preload and pre record podcast, um, it's, uh, I'm just now being able to do something new here and I'm going to spend the next four really focusing on caregiving. And so I want to shout out and thank the volunteers of America, Minnesota, Wisconsin, for having me as a keynote speaker for their national family caregivers month. And I did a presentation there that was about 45, 50 minutes. And I want to really bring kind of the topics that I discussed there here to the podcast. And of course, I'm not going to hold you for 50 minutes, but what I would like to do is to break down um, some of the topics that I discussed there here over the next three or four podcasts so as to provide some of that information and to help switch up in terms of the podcast focus that we're going to continue to talk about dementia, continue to talk about the loved one that you're caring for. But I also want to talk about you and really, really focus on how important it is that you take care of you and provide some tips for doing that. All right. And so just coming back again to the national family caregivers month, I mean, it really is a thing. The president of the United States in October, October 29th, issued a proclamation for National Family Caregivers Month. And it in part reads, while the opportunity to provide care to a loved one can be a blessing and a source of connection, it offer often requires sacrifice. Millions of Americans have sacrificed jobs and altered careers in order to perform caregiving duties. Workers, their families and our economy suffer when workers are forced to choose between their jobs and their caregiving responsibilities or between putting food on the table and caring for a relative. Too many Americans who need caregiving support struggle with the high cost of caring for a family member in need or providing long term care for people with disabilities or older adults. So that's just part of the proclamation that was issued by the White House this year uh, for this particular month for family caregivers. And so it's a thing and it's important that we do stop and recognize the contributions 
that are uh, given by family support members. And so also, I think it's important for you who are doing this to get the proper care. And because you are such a giving individual, it may seem like you're being selfish to take the time to focus on your care. However, you are not. Believe it or not, by focusing on yourself, you are doing for your loved one because you are ensuring that the asset that is caring for your loved one has the proper investment in it to be able to be around. So see yourself as if it were an account with money in it for memory care. And so let's say you had a hundred thousand dollars that you had set aside to pay for memory care for your loved one. And you're not quite sure how long your loved one is going to need memory care, but it's, you know, say $2,000 a month over what amount they bring in. So you could look at that hundred thousand dollars and think, well, that's 50 months at $2,000 a month. That, if I just use that $100,000 to pay for my loved one's memory care, that's how long it would last. Or you could look at that $100,000 and say, well, if I invested this $100,000 into an asset, an income producing asset, say you bought some real estate or you bought some stock or what have you, and that asset brought in 10 or 10% ROI return on investment, now by investing the $100,000, you're adding $10,000 per month. So essentially an extra five months per year that you're adding by doing the investment first. And then you're stretching out the ability for that $100,000 to last more than the initial 50 months. If you're just spending down, spending down, spending down. Well, your health, physical and mental health, is like a depreciating asset. It's like that account. And if you just continue to use it, you continue to spend time doing things, you continue to multitask, you continue to try and work and raise your children or do all the things that you have to do in your life without investing in yourself. You're going to deplete yourself quicker than if you spent the time to invest in you so that you would last Longer, just like that account of cash. You are a depreciating asset. The older you get, the less active you're going to be, the less abilities you're going to have. There are things that you can do today that 30 years from now you just won't be able to do. Right. So use this time. Think about yourself as an investment that is going to be available to care for your loved one. And you have to pay attention to it. Otherwise you're just going to spend down, spend down, spend down until it's all gone. And if you miscalculate it, if the 50 months weren't going to be enough, let's say your person ends up living for a hundred months. And we have to wonder what's going to happen after that money is gone. What's going to happen after you are gone. Who's going to step up and take care of your loved one particularly the way that you do it because you're doing such a fantastic job.
So just think about that analogy as I talk to you today about taking care of yourself. And so what I want to talk about then is respite care. Respite care, of course, just means providing a short term break for family care partners. Could be an afternoon, could be a day, could be a week. Respite care, really a chance for you to recharge your batteries. And I want to take that word respite and break it down. The first four letters, RESP, R-E-S-P. And today, I'm just going to talk about relationships. Relationships, that's the R. The E, we're calling that emotional self-care. The S, we're calling spiritual self-care. And then the P, physical self-care. So R-E-S-P, four areas that are really part of respite, really part of you taking a break and taking some time for yourself. But we're going to use this week's podcast to talk about the R relationships. And then next week's podcast, we're going to talk about the other areas. So respite and relationships, the R specifically things that you can do in terms of relationship self-care. So important that you continue to maintain relationships that you've had before you became a care partner. And also it's important to seek out new relationships even after you become a care partner. And I think it's important not just to have these new relationships be all surrounded around your caregiving responsibilities. So certainly as a care partner, I've become members, a member of uh, a couple of different support groups, and these are new relationships. And so that's good that I'm forging those new relationships. But those relationships are primarily surrounding the care for my mother. And that's fine. But I also should have new relationships where it's something apart and separate from my care for my mother because... Getting a respite and getting a break should really be something outside of that bubble of the care that you're providing. And so I also have a group of poker buddies that I play poker with that don't know anything about the care that I provide for my mother. And it's a break for me. And so those relationships, those friendships that might get forged from that are separate and apart. And it really then is a break from caregiving because I don't talk about the challenges that I've experienced and I don't talk about the needs that I might have. Right. So we're talking about relationships. We're wanting to maintain whatever relationships we've had prior to going into caregiving. And then we're also wanting to try to forge new relationships and meet new people. All right. So that's something that's important. And then another thing in terms of relationships, do enjoyable activities with other people. So, again, hopefully these are things that you used to enjoy, whether that be going for a walk, whether that be going to see a play or going to a comedy show. Certainly important to laugh. No question about that. But whatever activities that you enjoy and again, particularly things that you've enjoyed before to try to make sure you're continuing to be you. But also you could 
find new activities, maybe things that you want to learn, learning a new language or learning how to do salsa dancing or whatever that is, but doing activities that you enjoy. And again, you're doing those probably with other people. So this is all a part of this relationship self-care. This is going to continue to stimulate you, continue to have a focus for you of something that is exciting for you. And again, if you get this respite break, if you get the opportunity to have some time alone where someone is caring for your loved one, whether that be an agency or additional family member or someone from church coming in to help out, do have these things in place already so that when you get your free time, you're not at that point wondering, ah, what am I going to do with my free time? And by the way, even if your free time is just spent alone meditating, that's fine as well. No question about that. In fact, when we talk about spiritual That is something that we're going to spend some time talking about. But it is a good idea, too, if you can have already just here in the background, you know, coming up, somebody's going to come in for the Christmas holiday. Family members are going to come in and those family members can sort of take over some of the responsibilities for you. Already have in your mind what things that you want to do in the free time that you're going to get. Maybe there's a play that you want to see that's coming to town. I know Hamilton is touring right now. Maybe that's something you had put off. Well, here's your chance. Find out where that's showing, even if it's not in your town, but two towns over. You have to drive four hours to get there. Take a weekend off. Spend some time with some friends again, relationships, and go see that play that you've been putting off. So do enjoyable activities. That would be one of the things that you can do. And then sharing your hopes and your fears with someone you trust. Sharing your hopes and your fears with someone you trust in terms of relationship self-care. Because oftentimes we want to cocoon ourselves when it comes to this caregiving responsibility. Maybe in part because your loved one was very secretive and very to themselves and would not want to publicly share what they're going through, publicly share this health condition, really, that is a deteriorating one. Or you're just feeling like it is not something that you want to have people feeling sorry for you. So you want to kind of keep it under wraps and again, not questioning that. But there should be someone that you love, someone that you trust, that you can share what you're going through, share your hopes, share your fears. And the reason for that, that person can be a baseline for you. That person might be able to identify and hold a mirror up to you as to how you are doing. And by being open and honest with that person, that individual might be able to hold you accountable to say to you, hey, it's time for a break. I noticed that at the beginning of your caregiving responsibilities, you were this way. Your disposition was this way. Your slowness or quickness to anger was this. And now I'm noticing that your temper is shorter. Or now I'm noticing that your 
physical characteristics are starting to decline rapidly. Whatever that is, but continuing to have that close friend that you share what's going on, that you do share perhaps even intimate details about what you are experiencing. That person might then be able to be your reality check in the future. Right. So those are just a few things that you can think about related to relationships and self-care. Next time, we'll get into emotional self-care and then in later episodes, spiritual and physical. Taking this respite and breaking it down to the R-E-S-P-E-C-T. No, I'm just kidding. Not respect. Just R-E-S-P is what we're going to talk about. So again, recapping for emotional, spending time with friends, making new friendships, and then Ensuring that you share your fears and your hopes with someone you trust so that that person can really be an advocate for you. And that's what this is all about. Taking care of yourself. So thank you for tuning in this week to Dementia in Black and White. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson. And next week, we'll just continue along this particular part of the journey, focusing on caregiving responsibilities, focusing on self-care. And as I say, each week, continue to take care of your loved one. That's important. But even more important than that is to take care of yourself. Until next time, I'm out. <laughs>